Hey, it's Brian with a quick announcement before we get started. You know, this time of year especially, we're always aware of how quickly time flies. So let me suggest to you that it's not too early to start thinking now about your Christmas shopping for 2022. And I've got the perfect recommendation for all the Christmas lovers in your life. Christmas Past The Book is coming in the fall of 2022 from Lions Press. Stay connected with me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for updates on events, giveaways, pre-ordering, publication dates, all that stuff. Thanks. Enjoy the episode. To paraphrase the late great comedian Mitch Hedberg, the letter X, because it's so infrequently used, must have been offered certain things as consolation prizes, like a co-starring role in Tic-Tac-Toe, and a close association with Hugs and Kisses. It marks the spot, and it makes Christmas easier to write. Of course, X is also shorthand for an unknown quantity, as in there are X number of myths about the use of X in the spelling of Christmas. This time of year, you'll see countless examples of Christmas abbreviated as Xmas, with or without a hyphen after the X. In advertisements, banners, store displays, greeting cards, various products, and graphics floating around social media. But why? What does X have to do with Christmas? Why is it a suitable abbreviation, and why does Christmas need abbreviating in the first place? The story of Xmas has its roots in the earliest days of Christianity. It's a story about the creation of a symbol whose meaning became largely forgotten and confused. I'm Brian Earle. This is Christmas Past. Christmas is an etymologist's delight. Those of us who love word origins have a lot to discover in this most festive of seasons. Like why we call them sugar plums when they don't really contain plums. Or why Santa Claus also goes by St. Nicholas or Kris Kringle. It's also probably the one time of year when we are most frequently and heavily exposed to antiquated language, from all those old stories and songs from Christmas past. When else do you hear humbug, for example? Nowadays, it's almost exclusively associated with Christmas and Ebenezer Scrooge. But it's a phrase that originated in the 18th century, and the modern equivalent of it would be something like BS. Today, however, humbug is mostly thought of as a general utterance of contempt or dismay. We just know that grouchy old Scrooge said it in reaction to Christmas, and that's basically our only frame of reference. This is something that happens a lot with language. Our understanding of a word or usage changes over time as we get further and further removed from its source. Now hang on to that thought, because we're going to be coming back to it shortly. Other times we may barely realize what we're saying, like when we sing of wassail or old lang syne or rest ye merry. Christmas carols are fossils of archaic language. That's Mignon Fogarty. She's a best-selling author and the host of the long-running Grammar Girl podcast. Why do we sing, the Lord is come, instead of the Lord has come? Those old usages are often preserved in Christmas carols. It's so fun to talk about language change. Well, all right then, let's talk about language change. Specifically, the change someone decided to make where the spelling of Christmas was abbreviated to Xmas. And before we go any further, I should note that the abbreviation XMAS should still be pronounced Christmas. That's how abbreviations work, after all. But just for clarity and distinction, I'm going to continue saying Xmas here. But back to our abbreviation. We can reason that Christmas was spelled the way that you'd imagine, and that all was well and good, but then someone came along and decided to start using Xmas. So Xmas must be more modern than Christmas, for starters. But Xmas is much older than you'd think, so people have been using it since 1551, so it's not at all a new invention. But our story actually begins over a thousand years before that, all the way back in the year 300. 
the time of the historical St. Nicholas and another major figure from history, Emperor Constantine the Great. He was the first Roman emperor to convert to Christianity. Constantine started using XP to symbolize Christ. They represent the letters Chi, Rho, which are the first two letters in the Greek word for Christ. So through modern eyes, we see the abbreviation as Xmas, but that's not actually our English letter X. The letter Chi represents the K sound formed by combining C and H, as in Christ. And that X and P abbreviation is often presented in a special way. You'll see it stylized a lot. Often it doesn't even look like letters anymore, but you'll see a symbol in churches or on church buildings that is made from the letter X and the letter P superimposed on each other. This kind of monogram is called a Cairo. You've almost certainly seen one before, and it's one of many examples of what's known as a Christogram, a monogram used as an abbreviation for Christ. Constantine used the Cairo in military flags. Historically, abbreviating Christ had less to do with a need to shorten the word and more to do with creating a powerful and recognizable symbol. Using Chi, the letter we see as an X, to symbolize Christ stuck around. It would go on to become a common abbreviation not in military flags but rather in general writing. There are other examples like Xbian being used to abbreviate Christian. And then, as Mignon said, sometime in the 16th century, Xmas emerged. Or rather, an earlier version of that abbreviation with a slightly different spelling, but the idea was the same. Xmas became so common that one dictionary from 1800 cited it in its list of common abbreviations and contractions. But it's a long time between 1800 and 2021. And this is the point in the story where we circle back to that earlier point about how, with language, our understanding or perception can change over time as we get further and further removed from its place in history. I'm not sure that everyone who uses Xmas knows that the origin is the abbreviation of the word Christ. Many people look at Xmas today and they see the word Christ removed and replaced with an X. And many prominent figures believe, or maybe more accurately, publicly pretend to believe, that Xmas is somehow part of a war on Christmas or an attempt to secularize the word and the celebration. But that's not where it comes from. I don't find it offensive that way since I know the origin. But that hasn't stopped people from trying to use Xmas to score political points. Even Eldrum Thompson, the governor of New Hampshire in 1977, issued a press release calling Xmas a pagan spelling of Christmas, meant to X out Christ, and asked journalists to keep Christ in Christmas with the full spelling. Well, even though he was coming from a misinformed place, he actually did sort of have a point when it came to journalists anyway. If you're a professional writer, you really shouldn't use Xmas. The style guides that do speak to it all specifically say not to use Xmas. Well, speaking of things you shouldn't do, every child knows that it is strictly forbidden to try to catch a glimpse of Santa Claus on Christmas Eve. You might end up on the naughty list, you might end up with a lump of coal in your stocking, or you might end up having a spooky, unexplained encounter, like Tony in Kentucky. Hi, Brian. This is Tony from Kentucky, and I've got a spooky Christmas memory for you. It was the early 1980s. I must have been seven or eight years old. It was Christmas Eve. I can vividly remember laying on the top bunk in the bedroom I shared with my older brother, having the same struggle as many other kids have on that night. It's only eight hours till I can get up and see what Santa brought, but it's eight long hours till I wake up to see what Santa brought. Eventually I fell asleep amidst the great time debate. A few hours later, I groggily climbed down the hard wooden ladder to head to the restroom. 
Opening the bedroom door, which led to the hallway in the living room, my eyes were filled with a warm orange glow. My heart nearly stopped. Right next to the Christmas tree was a smoky figure. This large figure stood slightly bent forward as if he was placing packages on top of the stacks of gifts that were already there. The smoke from his pipe swirled around his head and his body, filling the room with an ethereal glow. Fearing the threat of receiving coal for not being in bed, I ducked into the bathroom, which is why I woke up to begin with. After washing up, I was terrified to be seen going back to bed, so my little child brain said, Run fast! He won't see you! So that's exactly what I did. I threw back the bathroom door and made her run for it. My feet climbed that wooden ladder to the top bunk in record time. I slipped under the covers, pulling them over my head and facing the wall. Had I just seen a ghost? Or was it Santa? I guess I'll never know. Or the third option, was it just one of his parents? I'll let you draw your own conclusions. Well, everyone, Christmas is this Saturday. We're in the home stretch. But believe it or not, there is still time for you to send a Christmas memory to appear in one of our remaining episodes. Just record yourself speaking into your phone's voice memo app and send it to christmaspasspodcast at gmail.com. Just keep it reasonably short, clean and family friendly, and be sure to say your name and where you're from. Christmas Past is produced in wonderful Willow Glen, California, by yours truly, Brian Earle. Thank you so much to Mignon Fogarty, and congratulations to her for coming up on the 15th anniversary of Grammar Girl. Check the show notes for a link to Grammar Girl, because if you're not listening, you should start today. Thanks also to Tony in Kentucky, and as always, thank you for listening. As I just mentioned, we're in the home stretch. This is the final one of these backstory episodes for the season, but we're not finished yet. Stay with me all the way up to the big day as we continue this celebration together as one big Christmas past family. And stay connected with me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join our private Christmas past Facebook group if you haven't yet. And hey, if you're really feeling the Christmas spirit, why not help more people discover this show? It's as easy as telling a friend about it or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. If you do leave a review, I'll send you a Christmas past sticker and a handwritten Christmas card is my way of saying thanks any time of year. Reach out for details on that. And until we meet again, may your days be merry and bright.